Hello and welcome to the TES podcast issue review, slightly later than usual, um, but still worth listening to, of course. <laughs> um, my name is Richard Vaughan and I am joined by a crack team of TES personnel today. I have Eleanor Busby. Hello, Eleanor. Hello. And I have Ed Dorrell. Hello, Ed. Hello. Hello. Okay, so... As usual, we have our fun-packed, jam-packed TES magazine out today. Um, And for the first story, I'm going to turn to Ellie. You have uh, an exclusive story about workload. Can you you tell us a little bit more about this, please? Yeah, so basically, uh, one year ago, uh, tomorrow, um, the Workload Challenge consultation was closed, um, which received... Thousands and thousands of response from teachers and mm-hmm. kind of record breaking, record breaking yeah, extraordinary responses. Um, and I, we, we basically wanted to look at what's happened one year on, and um, we spoke to members of the review groups that have been set up oh, good. Um, to get an idea of what's being discussed. Obviously, at this stage, they are not making recommendations yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the general feel is that although they are looking at examples that work well, it's also an idea of trying to change the attitude towards workload in a way. Um, basically trying to understand what is necessary and what is unnecessary. Um, and in particular with data, um, trying to understand better how, mm-hmm. to, how to manage their data and which data entry is effective and which is not. So is it kind of a, a communication breakdown then, that, 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 that teachers don't understand the worth of certain things and just think it's an added bit to their workload and actually they should just be teaching in the classroom or, or, or what? Or what? I think what it is is that at different schools it, they, they have different practices right. um, and so they're trying to clarify what is actually looked at by Ofsted. Um, but in, in terms of data, the people we spoke to, um, some of the members felt that teachers don't necessarily understand data management and that is creating more workload. Um, but Mary Balstead from ATL would disagree with that fact that she thinks that teachers do understand the practice is just too much of it and that's what needs to be looked at. It does seem like... Um if this is what the workload challenge people come up with, this idea that it's really about how you understand your workload, not the workload itself, it does sound like a, a very interesting bit of political negotiation mm. <laughs> to, to come up with a way of saying uh, this is the way we're going to reduce the workload without actually coming up with any extra cash. Yeah, is uh, is quite a neat trick. Yeah, it, it went down very badly when it was first. The the the, the review concluded and. The first response was put out. I remember the union saying, "This is basically not worth the paper it's written on because you're not addressing the major issues, which were basically Ofsted and mm-hmm. the burden that Ofsted inspections bring." H- has that been addressed at all? I mean, yeah, that's something that the government did put out, or oh, sorry, Ofsted put out a document, kind of trying to dispel the myths um, mm. behind workload. But what's interesting is it seems like that just isn't reaching um, schools or head teachers and teachers. It's, the practices are still going on. Um, so although that document's gone out, um, unions and, and teachers and, and, and some head teachers think that more needs to be done. Ofsted need to do more to actually prove that they're not going to look for certain things like written lesson plans or um, 
kind of deep marking. Um, yes, deep marking. Yeah. Deep marking is when you mark something and you hand it back to the student and then they return it again. Then you write yeah, like a paragraph. It's kind of and... like triple marking it. So that's where, yeah, they have to write into like an extensive amount on the on the piece of paper and then mm -hmm. the student responds in written feedback and then the teacher responds with written feedback. And it's all basically... That's just insane, evidence. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all just it's what all they think to appease Ofsted would say that they don't demand this at all. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, this is a lot about the perception, isn't it? And mm. I think in many ways it illustrates the paranoia that exists within the education system about Ofsted. What Ofsted want, you then do it, and then Ofsted say they don't want it, but you still do it because you're paranoid that Ofsted mm. do really want it, or the inspectors that you're going to get in your inspection yeah. really want it. Yeah. And then something else comes down the line, and you do that as well. Yeah. And then you do the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And that is the kind of power the dead hand of Ofsted has on education. It just shows the complete <laughs> lack of trust as well, doesn't it? It's yeah. just basically saying, you say you don't want it, but we don't believe you, so we're going to carry on doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, fascinating, real can of worms. Um, and one that's obviously not going to go away, probably ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. There. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, you've got another really good story, and again, it's Ofsted. Uh, Ellie, what's yeah. this one about? Um, so, yeah, the TES has seen a letter which um, a, a senior Ofsted official has basically admitted that it is harder for schools with low ability intakes to get good or outstanding judgments. Um, he kind of lists a number of reasons why that might be, but he does, he, you know, it's Ofsted admitting that school, selective schools like grammar schools mm. are more likely to get good or outstanding than. Um, those that have got lower ability intakes. It's one of those funny stories, isn't it? Because in many ways, when you put this to observers, to union leaders, to head teachers, you put a statement to them. They say, well, yeah, obviously. Obviously, yeah. But ultimately, for Ofsted to admit publicly yeah. that, that the intake has an impact on the Ofsted judgment is quite amazing, really. Yeah, I doubt it will get much pick up in the headlines in national newspapers. I doubt ultimately it will change a lot, really. But it is a really amazing admission. But it kind of just lays bare the the pointlessness of it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> quite right. Yeah, the point, yeah absolutely. But you, you, you know, you're supposed to be looking at the quality of teaching and the value that you add, regardless of the intake that you have. Surely. Well, that's what you'd hope, and that's what Offset we think mm. we've always understood. That's what Ofsted ultimately wanted want to achieve with every with every inspection with every judgment. So the admission, and to keep reiterating the point, that intake the raw materials, if you will, with which uh, schools are dealing, has an impact is really profound. What made him say this? Um, basically, um, there, there's been conversations between Ofsted and. Um, another group, kind of a, a secondary modern association, oh, okay. um, who are trying to get more recognition for secondary moderns um, and to make Ofsted realise that there needs to be a different, or they feel there needs to be a different framework so mm. that secondary moderns aren't just being compared to grammar schools. Sure. So there's been a number of conversations going on and a number of correspondence. Um, I see. But I think the kind of statement that shocked um, quite a lot of unions and head teachers was in the letter, it said, well, Ofsted said that often grammar schools have a high calibre of teaching and basically it seemed like they were saying, well, a lot of the reason why they get good or outstanding is because there's kind of better teaching mm. um, at those schools, which obviously um, 
people are now calling for evidence for that. Yeah. Uh, because Understandably. you know, yeah, um, it's a controversial kind of remark to make. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that that's kind of how it came to our attention. I suppose the issue is even more acute in selective areas, isn't it? I mean, if you're if you're a secondary modern and all the you know supposed bright kids or middle class, class kids, kids yeah, um, are, are just getting going straight to, to, to the grammar schools. Fascinating. Uh, really good story. Thank you very much for that. Um, and now we're going to have a little bit of a chat about the basically the only show in town at the moment. Um, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> which is the spending review next week. Um, it's kind of an interesting one because, as I understand, schools aren't really going to find out how much the spending review is going to impact their budgets at least not for a few months, but we have got wind that the um, that ministers are basically putting forward schools uh, should have their education, well, at least academies should have their education services grant cut, which would be pretty big news because it's already been cut this year, so any further cuts would, would really hit academies. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's more bad news for schools, really. Yeah, I think um, I think the spending review is going to be a, a major marker in the uh, in the kind of in the history of twenty first century schooling in this country. I think there is a, this will be a moment when people look back and say the era of plenty in education is over. Very uh, much, yeah. Um, you know, the last five years there has been. Uh, so I write an online piece this weekend, mm. a retrenchment in spending for the last five years. Um, but most schools have, they, they haven't blossomed, but they've struggled by, yeah. I would say. And the uh, effects of um, the coalition's austerity policies have been felt, but quite lightly. And I think following this Wednesday and in the months and years that follow, it's going to be really big and really deep. It's yes. quite nasty. And it's all kind of happening at the same time. We have this perfect storm of, of, uh, of teacher shortages and budgets being cut, cut more than they have been for a generation, probably. It's, and the people play, and more pupils than ever. And more pupils than ever, exactly. Yeah, people places bowls. You kind of do get this sense of what's going to give where 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 are things gonna where are things gonna go where's the where's the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> <laughs> uh, i fear that there isn't one really yeah um i've got this sort of overwhelming feeling and this is based on absolutely nothing except childhood memories that uh, of underinvestment and i think the world's gonna look like schools are gonna look like a bit like they looked in like in 1984 yeah what not cabins everywhere yeah you know, I know that I know that that's, that exists as it stands, but there's going to be a lot more of that. I th- I'm thinking of Grange Hill, basically. Exactly what I was just about to say. <laughs> I just imagine Grange Hill uh, in classrooms. It's going to be great. Sorry, people. <laughs> um, well, let's move on from the doom and gloom. Um, but the spending review is obviously next Wednesday, so we should have a better idea of how things stand. And watch there. our news website for all the breaking news Indeed. as it happens, Abelman. Absolutely. Who will be covering it? Who will be covering it, hopefully. Yes. Um, so, moving on from there, 
moving on to a brighter future. This is the future. This is the future. According to Cigar to Mitra, everyone's favourite um, academic. Um, Not everyone's favourite. No, that was, lo- that was loaded with a bit of uh, sarcasm. Um, he often comes out with controversial statements, and he's written another one here uh, that basically we don't need to know stuff. This is the kind of argument that does the rounds every now and again, that kids don't need to be taught knowledge because there's Google in it. Yes. Um, that, that is, I suppose, uh, at its core, Sugata's argument. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know Sugata Mitra, he is a um, Newcastle academic. He's originally Indian. In the, he um, believes profoundly in the transformative uh, nature of uh, digital technology and the internet when it comes to schooling. Um, he believes profoundly that we're only a tiny nth of a degree, of a, a tiny amount of way there yeah. to imagining what the world would be like in schools when the repercussions of the internet are really felt. And what he argues in this piece, which I suspect will wind up quite a lot of our friends <laughs> yes, on, uh, on Twitter especially, um, is that in essence we don't need to teach kids any knowledge at all. What, what he argues is that we need to teach kids to think, we need to teach kids to analyse, but ultimately they can find out anything they want on Google, which he characterises as having uh, all of the world's knowledge at your fingertips, wherever you are, which is something that's true. It is. I mean, Eddie, I don't know what you think about this, but isn't it useful to have facts in your head that you can just draw from rather than having to pull out a phone? There are really strong arguments, aren't there? There are really, really, really strong arguments, which people like Tom Bennett, who sits neatly with his column right (laughs) right next to the Garza Tom Bennett, who rejects profoundly Sugata's arguments, uh, would argue that um, learning uh, a core set of a core set of facts and knowledge allows one to interpret the fa- interpret the world around you. That's a very simplistic characterisation of what Tom argues. But yeah, that, that, that's what, and I suspect that's what most teachers think as well. But one that holds a lot of water, one would say. Yeah. I think it is worth reading Sugata's piece, not only. Um, because it's well written, but also it's good to be challenged and it's good to be made to think. Indeed. Ellie, what do you think? Do you think we've just got Google so we don't really need to know stuff? Um, I think it's really important that you have a balance of both. I mean, obviously technology, digital technology, you need, you need Google nowadays. You can't, you can't not use it for research, but I mean, it's just as important yeah. um, to be taught in the classroom and, and to not use technology because it can be very distracting. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, it's funny. It's, um, I find when I look at Google for facts, <laughs> they disappear out of my head quite quickly. So it's quite useful. You know, memory is an oft-overlooked skill uh, and tool. Um, good. Okay, right. So that was Cigar to Mitra. Um, just a few other quick words. Our main uh, cover story this week is about levels and life after them. The brilliant Michael Tidd has written a wonderful and fascinating article about how he, and this is to quote the headline, learn to love life after levels. Um, he... Uh, believes that primary teachers especially should embrace um, the freedom that comes with 
not being straight-jacketed by an obsession with kids getting to level four and level five. Read it. Read it, indeed. Also, another real highlight is uh, Jimmy Osmond in My <laughs> Best Teacher. There is a uh, cracking little story about him and Elvis Presley's foot spa. It is one of the um, actually saddest pieces of re- uh, writing I've read for a while. It- the, 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 the line of, my school reunion is a class of one. Nearly brought, it, yeah, nearly brought a tear to my eye. Poor old and in Jimmy Elvis. Osmond. Jimmy Osmond, Elvis. Yeah. Teaching. All in one article. What more could you want? And we don't have John here, so we are not going to go into our professional section too much. But I'm going to try and put Ed on the spot. Next week we are going to be covering... We have a massive set piece and investigation about the recruitment crisis. Ah. It is a... Uh, I've used the phrase already. Once blow, we use it again. It is a marker in the sand. It will be a landmark occasion. We set the scene for what the hell is happening with teacher supply. Very Turns good. out you're all buggering off and going elsewhere. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, very good. Okay, well, that is that for this week. Um, if you are listening to this, that probably means you're listening to it on iTunes. We are trying to work... Uh, out a way to get it working on Android um, but those of you who do have Android probably won't be hearing this anyway um, <laughs> that just leads me to say thank you very much to Ellie and to Ed Cheers. Thanks. and thanks very much to you for listening thanks and goodbye thanks.